Hey there, everyone. This is Erin Hallstrom, host of the Food for Thought podcast. Welcome to another special bonus episode. With me today is Leonard Mangello, business development and sales manager for the Industrial Fumigant Company. We have an information-packed episode on the books today. Join me as Leonard and I talk about microbial decontamination, bioremediation, and a host of other safety and sanitation issues all food and beverage processors deal with. We also talk about how IFC helps processors stay food and plant safe with its ProClean service line. Enjoy the episode! Leonard, welcome to this special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. How are you doing today? Well, hi, Aaron. I am doing great, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share a little bit on this podcast and, and hope that it's of use to our listeners. Me too. Um, before we really dig in, especially on the topic as important as what we're going to talk about today, can we define a few terms? Um, what's microbial decontamination, and what is bioremediation? There are multi-syllable words. I can start with that. So um, <laughs> microbial decontamination is the process where um, uh, pathogenic microbes or very tiny life forms are actually uh, removed, disabled, killed, um, and, and there are a few different versions of it. You've asked me about one of them. But it's essentially uh, taking pathogenic, really small, we call them microorganisms, and, and removing them from a place where they are not desired. Um, on your question of bioremediation, it's within the suite of decontamination solutions. It is uh, more specific, and it works on not just microbes, but some of the, the causal conditions for microbial growth. Okay. I'm almost reminded of high school chemistry and biology. So now that we Wish I would have paid attention. <laughs> right? Me too. Um, had I only known. <laughs> now, that, um, now that I understand what those mean, I want to talk for a second about something IFC provides that helps with the microbial decontamination and bioremediation. I'm talking about ProClean. What is that, and why is IFC offering it? So ProClean is our bundle of solutions that provide decontamination services. That's our branded name. Um, we provided two of them for a long time when uh, the virus that causes COVID-19 hit our country and, and our workplaces, um, our company and, and the other companies that we uh, partner with that are associated with us in our uh, common brands, decided that we had a demand out there for surface decontamination. So we, we gave that a name so it could be marketed, and then we thought to group all three together as, as a, an offering that approaches all decontamination services. So the need for surface contamination from the virus that causes COVID-19 had us say, well, let's give these all the same name. We were already doing two of them. So That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 
So can you tell me what kind of services are in IFC's ProClean service line? I sure can. And I can answer that for you by backing up a little bit because you also asked why is IFC offering ProClean services. And we do because our clients have a need to have a, a workplace in their food production or distribution facilities where uh, pathogenic uh, microbial organisms are not present. And so they will have – they're swabbing all the time. And if they get positive hits, there are different ways of dealing with that, primarily with sanitation. Uh, but when they've got an issue that won't go away, um, that's where the solutions are necessary. That's why we have them in offering, and that's why we provide them. So a bit about each one. Um, Top-down uh, sterilization is the first decontamination service. It, it kills all life forms, including spores. Um, the second of the three is disinfection. This um, kills to a, uh, a lesser degree, but it's a decimal point lesser. So if there, when there was a concern for uh, the virus that causes COVID-19 to be transmitted on surfaces, so if somebody who was infected sneezed on a surface and somebody else touched it and we worried that the virus could be moved that way, there are solutions for disinfection that the CDC designed uh, designated as acceptable with a certain kind of kill and certain modes of action. So, so that's the disinfection. That's the next down. And then the last is bioremediation that we mentioned. And that typically deals with organic waste, which is a host for microbial and other kinds of things that you don't want in your food plant. Okay, um, definitely a lot of definitely a lot of information. You're taking me back to this time last year and what what was talked about, um, especially with all of the things with with COVID nineteen and not knowing what was going on. So here we are a year, year later. So I was reading in some of the literature that IFC has, and I know that the that ProClean also includes uh, chlorine dioxide. And again, I feel like I'm going back to chemistry. <laughs> what kinds of microbial organisms does the chlorine dioxide treatment target? I'm glad you asked. So chlorine dioxide is the sterilant. It is the best kill of all the solutions that we've mentioned. And uh, we live among a, a sea of unseen bacteria and viri. Uh, we learned this, some of us did when, when the virus that causes COVID-19 came and we became aware of all the viruses that go in and out of our homes and our businesses on our feet and on our bodies and our hands. Or we're worried about the pathogenic ones, okay? Um, in food processing, uh, in situations, the ones that make the news happen, uh, E. coli typically happens with uh, fruit and or vegetables, and that usually happens at the, the farm stage and, and not in processing. There's not a lot of processing in what we call fresh cut. Um, for those of you that are listening, you probably have listeria concerns or salmonella concerns based upon what kind of products that you make. And, and those are the microbial organisms that um, come to mind that you get the positive swaps for that you really care about. Uh, but the chlorine dioxide gas, which we'll speak about, is a sterilant, and it's for uh, virus and for bio 
and for mold. And these are the kinds of things that food plants want to find out about by positive swabbing and, and seek solutions to kill them. I know uh, that chlorine dioxide is a gas. Again, you had just said that. And I remember that also from school. I'm wondering, is it poisonous to humans and is it corrosive? So it's highly toxic. Um, again, for those in our industry, you may be familiar with fumigation. And unlike fumigants, they're designed to, to kill particular life forms. So we're included in the life forms that it's capable of killing. So um, yes, chlorine dioxide is a gas that's produced at the site. And as such, it is um, highly toxic. Chlorine dioxide is also used as an aqueous solution. A lot of wash down in food processing or, or uh, cleaning a place CIP has chlorine dioxide, uh, and, and there are concerns for corrosion with it. Um, this is a pure or a tri-gas, dry gas, and the only corrosion is with raw steel. If you have raw steel, it's probably been corroded by something, and the corrosion is simply a change of color. Um, People typically think about, oh my gosh, what if there's uh, electronic equipment or computers or this kind of stuff, and absolutely no worries whatsoever. So the, the corrosive thought that attaches to the chlorine dioxide typically goes with the chlorine dioxide wet solutions that are used in the food industry. So I'm curious, what kind of safety precautions need to be taken when using the chlorine dioxide? When we do a chlorine sterilization with chlorine dioxide treatment for a client, evacuation is what we do. So we, we make sure that the entire facility is empty, uh, similar for those of you who know fumigation to what we do for uh, fumigations. Um, we post guards. We have the facility turned over to us. Um, so we treat this even if we're simply doing a piece of machinery or a room within a facility, not the whole facility, um, we want to protect you and us, you the client, and us from having anybody exposed to the area treated and, and the toxic gas in it. And so we do that by um, making sure that nobody's there, period. It can be a sticking point. The, the food business runs fast and runs a lot, and, and shutting down for a period of time in many cases has a cost to it. Um, we weigh that against the cost of having something microbial that's bad for your food and bad for your clients, but we are really firm on, on protecting everyone by having anybody from your business not there during the time of treatment. So if I'm a food processor and I'm anticipating this kind of chlorine dioxide treatment in my facility, what sort of preparation should I do? And what is the average projected treatment time frame? Okay, I'm going to answer that backwards if it's okay. Uh, as mm -hmm. compared to the fumigations that I've referenced, which in many cases are 24, 48 hours, um, in this case, we look at something on the order of 12 hours. And, and that's from when, you know, everybody's out of the building till people can start coming back. Um, so the preparation um, that the client does is enforcing that nobody comes to the building um, and then making sure that sanitation is not forsaken knowing that a really powerful sterilant is coming. Uh, so we ask for everything in the treated area to be cleaned to the very best of your ability because organic matter 
uh, can make it harder for the gas to reach its target, and it can also break down gas. So there are many kinds of machines where um, there are organic matter in places that without a, a special or deep clean uh, can't, are going to have organic matter left, and we encourage our clients to make sure that they, they take care of that. Um, we speak to you about ventilation, where the air comes from, where it goes. Uh, we look at maps of your building. Uh, we do a, a, a site plan. Um, real hand-holding in terms of uh, making sure that this is a, a team effort together, um, that you give us, the client, um, all the best conditions. We talk about relative humidity, the higher the better. So um, we've got an actual plan that we do with you, and, and the successful um, treatments are the ones where we get full participation in, in these kind of helps from our clients. Can we talk about efficacy for a second? After my plant has been treated with this chlorine dioxide, how do I know that the microorganisms have been destroyed? That's a good question. And um, you, the client, typically have engaged us because you've been swabbing and, and you haven't been able to kill it or clean it away. So you're going to swab after and, and have a yes or no, is that pathogen still there? Um, we, uh, because sterilization has a higher level of kill, and, and we call this a, a log six kill, uh, we test uh, with uh, BIs for uh, log four, five, and six kill. So we actually bring a, um, a live bacterium in a sealed container into the facility that can't transmit, and we make sure that it gets killed through a validation process. And the the two things about efficacy are we shoot for a, um, those of you who know fumigation, know a, a CT or concentration over time. So there's a particular concentration over time for chlorine dioxide that we have minimums and we try to go over. So um, I think it's 360 million parts per million per hour. So we shoot for 720 for the kill, and we aim for over 1,000. Sorry for all the numbers, but in, in the science of fumigation, you get so much gas into a space, and it takes up the space and does its best when it's at its highest concentration. So the first thing on efficacy is we measure and monitor that CT while we're doing the treatment. Um, then we use the biological indicators, the BIs, and so the, the log four, five, and six that I mentioned, um, if you see a, a TV commercial and somebody says 99.9% .9 effective, um, that's a log three, 99.9. .9, and that means out of a million starting population, there's still 1,000 alive when you're done. You've killed 999,000. I guess that's the right number, but there's still 1,000. Log six reduction, which is what we shoot and test for. Out of a million starting population, if you do a log six kill, there's maybe one left. So there are logarithmic functions that, that show that the level of kill is what we promised. Sorry for the long answer. So can we go back to bioremediation for a second? What are the advantages um, for this type of treatment? Well, without speaking legally, it's a green solution. 
Um, it's not a toxic chemical. Um, it is something that is uh, naturally occurring in nature, and it, it does its work on organic matter that you introduce it to. Um, in the scheme of things, it's uh, relatively inexpensive. It does not have to be applied by a licensed pest control operator. Your plant sanitation or maintenance or quality people can do it. Um, and typically, this is for either uh, drain and drain issues where you have organic buildup or um, in and around uh, dumpsters uh, and waste receptacles. Uh, if you can imagine, um, what is in our business fondly referred to as dumpster juice, that stuff around a dumpster that may be liquid byproducts of what you process. Um, microorganisms can live in that. And so the, the bioenzyme, uh, the a little bug that's safe, eats and excretes the pathogen, and it renders it um, something that is not to be worried about because it's been treated. So it sounds like what you're saying. It's definitely sounds drain safe and is it suitable to be released in drains yes and yes that's that's one of the, the primary things in terms of it, it uh, not being a regulated pesticide and being greener yes and yes for both the label for every product speaks very specifically to any exceptions but as a general rule yes and yes drain safe and, and suitable for release into drains yes and yes all right well, I want to wrap up today's episode by asking you this final question. The listener wanted to talk to you or someone at IFC about ProClean. How could they get in touch? Well, um, please do speak um, to me. That's great. Um, on, um, we have our 800 number sits on our website, which is uh, industrialfumigant.com, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, my contact information is generally available. It's my hope that you can attach it to the documents of this podcast. I'm uh, lmangelo at infumco.com, uh, and um, I have a phone number of 424-400-9026. Any means that's efficient for you, it'll get to me, and we'll be happy to start a conversation to, to see if, in fact, you need one of these solutions and, and if we're the right people to provide it for you. Well, all right. Well, Leonard... Thank you for coming on this special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Well, I want to thank you, and I want to uh, thank all the listeners, and, and let's hope we've provided them with some good food for thought. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.